Um, I'm not Jackie Longmore. Um, Jackie's fine, but her family planned some fun event that happened to coincide with worship, and she really wanted to be with them, so since I was available to help out, she's off having fun, as she should be. Um, the scripture lesson um, this morning is Galatians 5, verses 13 through 26. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a simple command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. The word of the Lord. We've been talking a lot about one another commands in scripture over the last couple of months so this is the last shot <laughs> serve one another humbly in love Paul writes there in Galatians and we've had so many examples already in our, our worship service today of, of how to serve one another uh, just looking back on this last week I had a chance to share some time with our children on Wednesday, and we went down to St. Vincent de Paul, and it, it just all seems so inconsequential watching them serve the small effort up against the enormity and the complexities of homelessness. Regardless, there were 20 elementary age students, homemade ball caps, gap teeth, summer smiles, ready to go, gloved up like surgeons to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the hundreds. They worked with assembly line precision to pull this off. They filled baggies with granola that was laced with chocolate. And then they finally, they filled bags with Doritos. I think it was like chili lime. Here we go. <laughs> Temptation was running very high. <laughs> 
but so is this dedication to serve. Occasionally, a, a piece of chocolate or a chip would kind of miss the baggie, and you'd get this upward glance of, can I? <laughs> and on it went. This enthusiasm, I thought, well, it might last about 10 minutes. But no, it kept going. Bob, the guy with the gray ponytail down at St. Vincent de Paul, he didn't seem to mind that granola was being slung around by a bunch of 10-year-olds more on the floor than in the bags at times. He cranked up the radio with some classic tunes, and the kids, they cranked out this product for a couple of hours for the people on the streets while singing, We Are the Champions, my friend. <laughs> it was service camp, day three. What a great time. And no one was saying anything about Nintendo or Minecraft or Fortnite or any of that. It was hands-on in the real world with these kids. Serve one another in humble love. Whether it's Kenya, in Tanzania, St. Vincent de Paul, or in your own place of work, your own life, in your family, we're encouraged to step outside of ourselves into, the, into that person that Jesus has set free, as Paul declares it. Did you hear those words that those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires? And then we had that very awkward list that Paul always likes to give us. Some of you were waiting for the good list. I was too. You know, the fruits of the Spirit. It's like, ah, thank you for those that we're ushered into. And we begin to live free, free from self, and live into a, a whole cornucopia of, of new ways of understanding who we are in God's world. Most of all, how to fulfill that love thy neighbor idea and that command. Do you remember the first time you packed a sandwich for somebody else, not yourself? When it was bread for another and not, and not for yourself. Bread for the world. Maybe for your child or, or for somebody. You know, just somebody. And what that felt like, like Meredith coming back from Tanzania and says she's never felt so good. To serve one another. To be free in Christ. To be open to putting self aside and to do whatever it is that God is calling us to do. It's like Jesus said, if you insist on saving your life, you'll lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will ever know what it means to really live. It's as if we were wired by God in a way that happiness does not come from all the usual ways that we hope it will, from success or status or salary, but happiness comes from service. As someone has said, we rise by lifting others. God designed us to be the happiest when we're giving our lives away. In the Greek Testament, New Testament, there's a couple of words for this idea of serving. One's this word doulos, which is the word that Paul uses, means slave, to be a slave of something. The other is diakonia, which we get our word deacon from. It means simply service or to be a minister. So the idea is that we're waiting on other people 
that we are choosing to be their slave. Or as one Bible scholar defined it, that we're devoted to one another to the disregard of our own interests. It's like kids slinging granola down there, trying to fill those bags. It's free, free to love. I had one kid, two cups in the granola bin like this, filling these bags. It was just like awesome to see that kind of dedication, that exuberance to give his life away in service, humbly and kindly. I love this quote from George Bernard Shaw, the playwright, that this is the true joy of life, the being used for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one. Then the line I like, being a force of nature rather than a feverish, selfish little cloud. (laughs) Ever felt like that? A selfish little cloud? God wants us to be this force of nature. Two cups going, filling, filling it all, going to Tanzania, Kenya, helping people, whatever it is, pour yourself into it. It's a freedom to be away from that person that's so concerned about our lives and free to love. Isn't that great? And so Paul, he alludes to this idea that we're often so concerned about ourselves. He uses this concept of biting and devouring. It just sounds awful. But he says there's there's another side to that. Do not use your freedom for this, he seems to say. Not for trouble, but watch out or you'll destroy each other. But instead, use your freedom for love. Love for others. And it seems to have most to do with humility. That our service really starts to happen when something in us is lowered and the people around us become elevated. What is humility? That freedom to stop trying to be what we're not, perhaps? Luther famously wrote that humility is the decision to let God be God. I like how one New England pastor who often led retreats for other pastors, he put it in these four questions, a test of our freedom, of our humility. Are you overly concerned about what others think of you? Are you willing to become involved in the world's problems? Are you primarily interested in others for what they can do for you? Are you concerned about who is going to get the credit? To be free of all that is what Paul is encouraging us to be free to serve away from self. A famous conductor, Leonard Bernstein, once was asked what the most difficult instrument in the orchestra is to play. Second fiddle, he said. (laughs) Reminds me of the, the email I got from our softball captain, Steve Mascaro, the other day trying to put together our team for Friday night. He let me know that Bill Kuchera, our usual pitcher, was out of town and wouldn't be able to throw Friday night. So yours truly was being called to the mound. He said I would be starting out there on that night, and so I wrote him back, story of my life, second string. (laughs) Hey, I only gave up 21 runs. Yeah, so... We only lost by double digits, but so, you know, it might have been a good outing, right? Of course, this reminds me of the alleged incident of Muhammad Ali, the greatest, where he's on the airplane. And after repeated requests by the flight attendant to to buckle his seatbelt, 
Ali finally says, Superman don't need no seatbelt, to which the flight attendant is said to have replied, Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> yeah, I think Jesus recognized that this is our barrier to serving one another humbly in love. This idea of ourself, that human desire for placement, to play first string, to be of importance. All us would be supermen. And so here, instead of telling one of his stories from the field, he tells his disciples when they begin to figure out who he is, that he's the Messiah, he's God in the flesh. And so they want to position themselves. You know that story. They ask, let us be one on your right, one on your left when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, well, you don't really know what you're asking. And he follows it up by saying, there's really not much sitting involved in my kingdom. He didn't say that, but intended it. He said that whoever wants to be great must be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Maybe that helps us with our frame of mind to understand that even Jesus came to serve. Even Jesus, he took on the very nature of a servant. It's mostly about time, isn't it? Serving one another. It's, if we're free to live, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, then it follows that there is this free-flowing spirit responsiveness to us. Some call this the ministry of just simply being available. Hey, can you come over and watch the kids for a few minutes? I, I've got to run out to the store. Hey, do you have a, a sec? I, I, I've got to talk to somebody about something going on. Could you help me think through this sticky issue I've got at work? Not a day goes by that our time is not asked of us in some way. Some way to serve somebody else. There's an intersection in each of our lives, I think, that, that brings together that freedom or that profound joy that we find in serving Christ and others and the opportunities that are out there, the needs of others. Frederick Buechner has this beautiful line. He said that the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. That intersection, your deep gladness, the world's deep hunger. Maybe it's about seeing our regular everyday life as a place of service. Luther often, I think, wrote about milking the cows to the glory of God. <laughs> How do we do that in our real life? Patrick Lencioni, who writes all those great uh, leadership books, he wrote that you can go to work and actually make somebody else's job less miserable. Use your job to help others. Those kids, the other day down there, slinging granola, spreading peanut butter, you should have seen them. It really was something. I kept thinking about all the people that opened those lunch bags. Would they even know the joy that went into making those sandwiches? I wish they could have seen those kids slathering jam. They made it seem like serving one another is the most 
natural thing that we could ever do in life. They made it look so free, so easy. I think they had all the fruit of the Spirit going at, on, those day, on that day. They discovered their true life's purpose, making sandwiches, <laughs> filling bags, eating chips. <laughs> oh, to be that free. Be free of that previous self and free to serve one another humbly in love. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give thanks for just the time to gather today to hear stories from one another, to remember that you indeed do call us into a place of love. We heard Susan talk about how she once discovered the, the depth of your love for her through her friend that reached out to her through Kathy. We heard from Tanzania the, the impact that they had just in, in many simple ways as they served and the great joy that our team experienced. Lord, may that be something we experience too this week. This joy to serve you, to find freedom of a spirit in that way. Lord, as we go out into this week, may we go with the fruit of the Spirit living within to serve you all of our days. In Christ's name, amen.